I'm unapologetically fly. No wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Hi guys, welcome back to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and BitChute and Odyssey. We've been chucked off YouTube, but obviously we're saying some right things. Um, we're not the only ones. A lot of people, a lot of guys in the alternative media have been chucked off YouTube now, but we joined them about two weeks ago. So kind of pleased with that in a way. It was coming. It was almost like when the girlfriend, you know, is going to leave you, leaves you anyway. And you think, thank right. God for that. I can just, I can, I can go back down the gym now, sort myself out and get a nice new one. So um I'm here with my good friend Mark Malone. We've both um both become dads twice for Mark in the last couple of years, but I've become a dad as well. And it's been nice to chat about that adventure. But Mark is also um a linguist, um linguist and a philosopher. And um we spoke about the data behind this COVID pandemic, scandemic, whatever right. you want to call it, early on. But Mark's also set up something called America 21, and I want to talk about that today. So Mark, let's talk about America 21. Where did this start and why did you start it? Good to chat to you again, Rich. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. I think we talked, so we did the COVID data and stuff in the beginnings. So we were talking about before the stream. Um, America 21 is uh, essentially set up as the antithesis of Agenda 21, um, but it is a little more than that. It's about a new America for the 21st century. Um, so I moved to America in 2018 uh, when I met my wife and we got married. Um, of course, I'm an Englishman, as anyone can hear. Yeah. Uh, but I'm here now and this is my home now. And, it, you know, I mean, they're not going to let me leave anyway because I'm not getting the vax. So yeah. uh, I'm, I, this is my permanent home regardless. So what I'm having to do is um, work with, you know, my new home and try to figure out, like, what country are my children going to grow grow up in, in the political sphere that is unfolding, right? This, this uh, new world order. Uh, so America for the 21st century is really about bringing something additional to this uh, what people call conspiracy territory, as well as what we would look at as just political theorism. Uh, and what I'm trying to do is bring it that back down to the basics, and that's what philosophy is about. So while America 21 is definitely engaged politically, and we'll talk about the uh, Republican Party convention and stuff, um, at its foundation, it's about philosophy. It's a, Our big issue right now is one of philosophy. Uh, psychology, uh, all of these things are just individual layers, right? Psychologisms are how you interact with the world, but philosophy is how the world interacts with you, which is very different. Philosophy is an objective science and all science is built on philosophy. Plato was the first university. Plato built universities. The entire scientific method was mostly developed by Aristotle, right? So without Aristotle, there would be no Newton, no Einstein. Um, so at its principle, philosophy is the nature of reality and how we un in, uh, interact and how we understand. Because without good philosophical principles and practices, we don't have quantum physics. We don't have metaphysics, epistemology, which is knowledge. So it's our job to kind of bring it back down to its foundation and go, where the fuck, can I swear? Yeah. Where did we go wrong? Where the fuck did we go wrong? And where I can pinpoint where we went wrong is really an issue of worldview is, is how people look at the world. Uh, and I could best characterize it as something akin to those that are uh, humble to God and those that believe that they are God. Now, it doesn't have to be the Christian God. Uh, Plato called God the monad, which is what um, the Gnostics called God. Uh, Aristotle called God the unmoved mover. Um, so the conceptualization of God isn't so relevant to the philosophy that I'm trying to talk about. What it, what it really is about is understanding that there's a, uh, a creator, a source, 
And then there's you, which is just a part of that picture. And of course, when we look at the likes of Bill Gates, we look at the likes of Klaus Schwab, and of course, even more so when you get to David Rockefeller and stuff, we see that there are men who think they are God. Mm-hmm. So at the core of this philosophical problem is a presupposition issue. So the presupposition issue is I am the creator and I get to do what I want. And there are those of us that go, no, there are universal laws that we have to abide by. So what I'm trying to do is clean that up as well as do some of the political work because the political work in itself cannot work without us getting back to the understanding that we must align with reality. We can't create it ourselves. Sure, we can co-create and we can get into a deep conversation about that. But ultimately, you can't change the laws of mathematics. They are there, unchanging, no matter what you decide to do. You can harness it. You can, you can find math. You, we can do geometry. But geometry is in nature. You don't create it. Mathematics is in nature. You don't create it. Logic is in nature. We don't create it. So these immaterial, eternal laws that govern reality, that go through all layers of reality, from the human to the spider to the sun, uh, those are what I'm trying to quantify, and that's what I'm trying to bring back down so we can look at this at what we call in philosophy first principles, which is the basics. What are the basics? Uh, you know, and in the paper I have on the website, um, I discuss what those basics are, essentially natural law, right? Um, Jesus even says in the book of Matthew, um, don't do to others what you wouldn't expect done to you, essentially, right? So that's the, the, the foundation of natural law. So we're trying to kind of build that philosophy out. And that builds into all the political stuff we're doing, because as we'll discuss, if we're going to start repealing political frameworks, Agenda 21, for example, and breaking off from the technocracy, uh, a lot of people don't even know why that's important anymore, right? I mean, most people we know, most people you know, most people I know have already taken the not-backs. I call it the not-backs. So arguing just about politics isn't going to work, which is why I brought this philosophy part into it, because... I've been showing them the data since March of 2020, before it even existed publicly. And if they rejected it then, now there's no hope for, it's like trying to reason with a drug addict. You can't reason them with a drug addict by saying, uh, you need to be healthy. That's not gonna work. The only thing that uh, they can do is they have to figure out what's within them that's worth beating the addiction for. So similarly, I wanna approach this the same way. Like I can go across the country and I can speak to people and that's all great. But ultimately, those that don't feel there's a need to fight anymore, right? Those that feel like, well, what is maybe technocracy is correct. Maybe slavery is the natural human condition. I'm trying to address that that isn't the case, that technocracy isn't correct, that slavery isn't the natural human condition, um, and then build from there into the political sphere. So what comes down to from what you're talking about there, I mean, but in in a very sort of um, simple way is that the god for you um be or maybe not a religious god but a god for you is as obviously um i wrote down logic mathematics and geometry it's the building blocks it's like having lego it's the fact you can build anything out of the lego but you didn't create the lego the lego was right. there and that's what you're kind of saying so there's obviously a an intelligence to the materials that we get to play with here and that was the creator that we have to abide by the laws that we have to abide by because there is no other options these people right. these rockefellers these rothschilds the gates um who to me i believe it's a cult i believe they were born into this global cult i do believe it's a satanic cult but they were mm-hmm. born into a psychology where they believe that they were the creators is that kind of what you're you're getting at and almost it right. feels like that they're trying to get kids now to believe themselves as mini gods as well. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, for sure a satanic cult. And it, it depends on, you know, what one defines as satanic, right? I mean, there are layers of satanism where it is, uh, you know, uh, rituals and things like that. But there's a deeper philosophy layer of satanism, again, which is that you think you're God. I mean, if we take the Lucifer idea, um, mm -hmm. the whole idea of Lucifer in the Christian uh, theology is that Lucifer didn't want to abide by the rules. And he was like, well, actually, no, man isn't better than me. I'm God. So there you see the beginnings philosoph uh, philosophically of Satanism, which is I'm God. I create the rules, right? Um, but in every sort of, um, I guess you could call mythology if we want to be objective about it, but really in every philosophy that this character exists, uh, of course, the Gnostics called him the Demiurge. And uh, it's really the idea that the person that rules this world, not the actual God, right? And the Gnostics were clear on this too, that uh, the God of this world isn't the actual God, the father that Jesus was talking about. The God of this world, what they call the Demiurge is what's also called Satan and Shaitan and Arabic and everything else, right? So there's a God of this world and then there's the actual universal God. So that's the one I'm talking about, right? Um, and, you know, we can best, we can only best understand it in the way we can understand it. Like I grew up in a uh, Western civilization. So I relate very well to how Jesus talks about God, but there are definitely other conceptualizations. Like I said, the ancient Greeks had very astute uh, observations and explanations for these things as well. So like our brain is like a decoding mechanism and we kind of get the frequency and we just decode the frequency the best we can understand it, right? So when it comes to Satanism, it's the same, but it's like the opposite force. So where I would say that, you know, creation, creator is aligned with the principles of the universe. So math, logic, uh, geometry, transcendental categories. Um, similarly, the satanic at its core is illogic, right? It's, it's essentially the opposite. It's everything that is about me and nothing that is about the reality that I inhabit, right? Therefore, for me, if I'm a Satanist, um, kidnapping a child is no different to a flavor of ice cream because the only universe exists is mine in here. Whereas positions like mine and yours, however they may differ, we all kind of come to the conclusion that there are laws outside of us that we have to abide to, right? That there's morals outside of us that are bigger than us. So that's kind of really where um, Satanism begins. And from that perspective, absolutely, the Satanists. And some of them probably literally as well, you know, the Rockefeller types for sure. So we're kind of I want to tie this back into to what you're doing with America 21. So kind of the morals, you're talking about morals and values and common sense and common understandings that we have without having to even voice and enunciate them and even communicate them. I know that you, you, you know that we see the things that are bad in this world as bad and we don't even need to communicate that. We have a feeling, a gut feeling. These people seem to be either manipulated to not have that feeling or being being brought up to believe that that feeling is something else that's got all convoluted but you're talking about so let's let's tie this back into america 21 because you're you're highlighting what globalism is and the technocracy is so how do all of these misinterpretations of these people these this cult for want of a better word believing that they're god how does that tie into globalism and the technocracy and and how that the, the, they are using these things to play God and why you're trying to use your way of working to kind of push back at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that in, on the website, there's a, there's a few different sections people can read. 
um, and the philosophy section, which is uh, which I wrote a declaration letter to America, um, which is called a declaration of non-dependence. Uh, and in that, it's a fourteen thousand word, you could call it thesis letter, which is essentially written uh, to explain in detail what we're talking about now, what this really means at its foundation, philosophy-wise, and and what sovereignty is and why sovereignty is important. So. That's the point, really. When we look at why they have moved into technocracy and why they have moved into global governance, uh, which is the actual correct term for, uh, as you you would have seen in the presentation, which we can talk about, it's uh, it's not global government, it's global governance, which is critical and it's a big difference. So if they don't have boundaries because they don't believe in boundaries because Bill Gates is God in his head, right? Or um, there's really no need for them to have any boundaries to where to stop. So borders become nothing, um, money becomes nothing, what you want for your own life becomes nothing. And then they can kind of just continue to push and push. Now, if we wanted to know what their deepest motivations are, um, it's not really something that we can, we can know. All I know is that they think they're God and they like power. There's metaphysical reasons for this stuff. But ultimately, the goal is obviously a global governing structure, right? Um, so the end of nations, the end of sovereignty, individual and collective, the end of cash, the end of privacy, the end of private property. And I kind of stop at those because while there's many other things, while there's like, yes, tech, transhumanism, all these things which are critical, um, those things aren't documented in the political literature, whereas the things I just said are the end of private property rights is, the end of privacy is, the end of gun rights is, the end of national borders is. So those things we can easily point out and say, look, they've they've admitted the end of those things. That's plenty for us to fight against. Um, I definitely want to talk about transhumanism, which I believe is the end goal of this. But we also have to be realistic with what it is that we can prove that we're fighting. And this is another element that I'm trying to bring in here. You know, you said you were off Facebook for a while and so was I for a year. I came back on just to kind of show some of this work. And uh, most people are just venting. Most people are spending their time just going, oh, you know, the, the vax, the vax. And I'm like, yeah, but the time to talk about the vax in all honesty was a year ago when we had a chance to stop it. 70% of people are taking it now. And the ones that aren't, aren't going to take it. So I don't see like that venting, that kind of just sharing information as just as useful anymore. So what I'm trying to do is like, what can we actually do pragmatically? Like, is there anything we can do? Um, and there is stuff we can do, which is why I'm doing this. And I kind of just want to hammer those five points because those five points we can prove that they are trying to erode. And that's enough for us to fight against property, privacy, gun rights in America, but adequate self-defense, national borders and cash. So it's everything that makes you in an individual. They seem to be kind of blurring and crossing boundaries, not only borders, of knocking down borders. You have no sovereign boundaries of your own. Right. You're all one. It's groupthink. And, and the understanding for me of that is if they have everybody acting, thinking and behaving the same, they only have to control one mindset. Exactly. Yeah, it's the um, David Icke often talks about creating the blob, right? So there's yeah. no, you just have like an androgynous population where there is really, it really isn't a distinction anymore. There really isn't a uh, an Englishman or a Frenchman anymore. Everyone is just this one uniform, brave new world style androgynous person, right? Everyone wears the same kind of clothes, has the same kind of thoughts, takes the same kind of pills. 
Um, uh, you know, and that's that's the hope because you can't really herd cats, right? So if you have um, six billion people, and let's say within that six billion you have uh, several hundred tribes, it becomes very very difficult because you're like herding cats because tribe A wants something different to tribe B. Um, but if you can make them all tribe A, make them all have the same um, wants needs, uh, at least program them to think that they want the same things, then it's really easy because then you're just funneling everyone into one direction. Um, so then suddenly in the last 20 years, just in our lifetime, you know, suddenly all of the music is now the same. Suddenly everything is pointed into one direction where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter if you listen to Cardi B or Nicki Minaj, it's like you're listening to the same thing. And then it's easy to control that source of information because everyone's heading in the same direction. And you can apply that to every other field that we can talk about. Um, so that's really why. And as you know, they've been breaking down these structures for at least 100 years in terms of technocracy, much, much longer in terms of uh, spiritually and philosophically. But, um, but I mean, technocracy is already a 100-year project. It began in the early 20s with a guy called Thorsten Veblen. Yeah, well, and I remember you mentioned him in, in the last podcast we did. One thing I, I want to come back to that as well, because I want to lead into that, but I don't want to miss this out, because one thing you mentioned um, was the term modern leftism. And to me, yeah. that brought um, images of this woke agenda. That, would, to me, was this scary, psychopathic, sociopathic woke. Woke just reminds me of jokers, wokers and jokers. The joker is, mm. is what all I get in my mind is a big, gleaming, dead-eyed, mentalists basically so right. mo but maybe i'm not interpreting what you mean by modern leftism right what do you mean by modern leftism uh, i basically mean that yeah woke wokeism um what we would call what well, in america especially the democratic party uh constituents as they are today uh but you know i think what they think is marxism right we have all these like students come out and but it isn't really Marxism's technocracy, which we'll talk about. Um, most, pe most people in America, especially because um, they were so fortified against communism, which is a good thing. Communism killed 200 million people. But the downside with that is that they don't quite understand that there are, this isn't communism in, in the way that they think it is. Um, it is technocracy, which is far more insidious, far more clever, and actually will kill much more people. Um, so then you have all these students that come out by modern leftists, I mean, those that claim to be Marxist, socialists, uh, you know, anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-Western civilization, anti-anything that is in their way. If it was another group in their way, they would be anti that group, but it isn't, right? You know, so if it was Japan, Japan aren't a particularly a big fan of communism, so they'd be anti-Japanese if they were in Japan. But because it's in West, uh, it's anti-Christian, anti-white. So, um, you know, it's like basically those people, those that view us as the stumbling block to achieving their Marxist utopia. Um, but as I said in that speech, um, ultimately, it isn't Marxism at all. You know, it is uh, technocracy. And um, technocracy, a lot of people won't understand what technocracy means and they haven't seen it building up around them. People don't listen to this podcast. And this is why it's so hard, because people that listen to the stuff that we do, tend to be at least clued up. They might not know about the Sabbatean Frank's cults and they might not know about the Great White Brotherhood and things like this. And I don't expect them to know to that level because this is what I do for a living and I have the time mm -hmm. to look into these things. But they have seen a technology invade their life. We're using Zoom right now. And there's nothing wrong with technology. There's nothing wrong with Lego bricks until you smash them into someone's head. 
the technology is not the problem. It's the, it's, it's the way it's been implemented. I have no problem with technology, although I do have a problem with 5G, quite frankly. Um, the technocracy, how is that now? Because we're at a point now, and I really do believe the technology is now in the body with these vaccines. What is your take on how far this has actually gone? Because we are only maybe 10 years away from Agenda 2030 now. Well, we are. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're speeding up. We've made so much progress towards the uh, what people call the New World Order, um, which is really just Agenda 21. Uh, and we'll get into that. Um, we've made so much progress towards that in the last 18 months. It's, it's crazy. Um, more than they probably made since they launched it in 92. So yeah, obviously on this run up to 2030, we're going to see technocracy become more and more in the open. If you want to know what technocracy is in terms of what we what it would practically look like, just look at China. Yeah, China is an open technocracy. It's not hidden. You can find on my website, on the philosophy paper, you can find many citations to everything I speak of right now. You can find citations to global governance at the World Economic Forum. You can find citations to technocracy via Time magazine, for fuck's sake. So you can see uh, out in the open, none of this is hidden. That's kind of the uh, the really funny part that I stumbled across when I did this research was uh, the deeper research on this. I was like, oh, they've not hidden it at all. It's all there, right in the open. If you choose to just look for it, it's there. And technocracy is uh, the Chinese-style system, which is a merging together of all social mechanisms. So uh science technology uh government uh economy healthcare everything becomes one system right now this is different to communism and much more pernicious because communism is essentially a state that suppresses those industries so the state would say all right you run healthcare uh we're going to force you to do xyz in uh, technocracy, that's it's much more advanced than that. It would be all of those systems actually are just one system. Yeah. And in this case, it would be run by technology, of course, right? So we see this in China. We see the provinces that they have social credit systems. We see the fact that there is no separation between government and economy uh, or science and technology. Um, everything is pre-approved that goes out. That's technocracy. Uh, the fact that people are locked into camps if they have a different belief system that's technocracy uh the fact that you can't rent an apartment if you have wrong think that's technocracy so it is the science of social engineering right that's what we're looking at here we're looking at brave new world and it's not by accident that huxley knew about this because he actually knew the early technocrats that's what made him write brave new world these are the guys that came from columbia university they were the ones that pervade most of this technocracy idea. 1938, they wrote in a technocrat uh, paper what this was. So Huxley knew. So if you kind of want to know what it is, it's Brave New World, basically. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that Aldous Huxley and George Orwell knew each other, and I think Huxley taught um, Orwell. I, th mm -hmm. I think it was geography, but I always get that wrong. Um, but... People don't realise also that when you look at some, I mean, China's a massive place, but there are places in China where hundreds of thousands of people are locked out of the system, locked mm -hmm. out. Doesn't mean you're locked up. It's just as bad to get locked out. Sure. And they're locked out because of, as you say, wrong think. This has been happening for 10, 15 years. There. They're locked out. They live in, on, in squalor because they can't get a credit card. They can't get loans. They can't get a job. They can't do anything because they're locked out. As you say, this has been happening there for a very, very long time. And now we're seeing with the Joe Biden administration, the cult is kind of just stepped out of the, even in almost like a Marvel 
super villain way into the open and clearly he's controlled by china but the cult i don't as i say as you there is no countries there is no borders to these people this is a globalist right. cult and as you say um, and i think that's something that we can't get across to people is that that i, I struggle to get people to understand that this is a tech not this is a company a global corporation that mm-hmm. uses the technology companies and it's already there it's just that there's too many of us in the way at the moment um yeah would, yeah what's your take on that, how far it's gone because china's there already it's very very quick we're catching up though and people are buying sure. into it even with the cryptocurrencies worries me people going on and on about crypto right like, why would you want a cashless society why would a you global want- cashless currency yeah right uh well if you read the fourth industrial revolution uh which i did in 2018 by klaus schwab um uh he details out in that book that uh, the future of the global currency is blockchain, right? So he said in his own book that uh, Bitcoin is the gateway to the global currency. And of course, we know Bill Gates has his patent uh, 666. Yep. It's uh, 060606. And then people go, well, that's not 666. I'm like, of course it is. Zero has no numerical value. <laughs> Zero is nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, it is 666. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course, they're, they're steamrolling that. Um, I've always been against the crypto for that reason. I, I could see it like in 2015, I said to friends uh, in this kind of alternative truth movement, I was like, it's cashless society. It's obvious even back then. Um, when it comes to this kind of tech, yeah, because as I explained in the presentation, um, which people can watch on uh, America 20, uh, America21century.com. So I did a presentation in Montana to the Republican Party, the state. Uh, governor was there, Senator was there. Um, it was a fairly big deal to crack the surface with this kind of information um, at an event like that. And um, so, and I kind of went through the proofs of this, right? The, the documents and stuff, and you, you guys can watch it. As I explained in there, technocracy is the means of governance, right? So technocracy is the modus operandi. Like if I'm gonna go from A to B, technocracy is what's going to get me from A to B. But the actual result and the, the, the goal is the global governance part, right? So the, the goal is global structure, imprisoned planet type thing. But technocracy is how they're going to get there. That's the means of getting there. And you were mentioning about, you have like all these different people across the world and they're kind of across borders and stuff. And while at the Rockefeller and higher levels um, or even lower, even Schwab and Gates and stuff, uh, that's true. But at the kind of the fundamental level, so the PhD economists and um, the PhD psychologists that are kind of running it on the ground, they are captured by a different cult. And it's a, it's a, it's a uh, virus of the mind, right? And I know that uh, David talks about this kind of Wichiko idea. That's one expression. But even Carl Jung, you know, the, the psychoanalyst, right, the great almost mystic, uh, he explained that this is kind of what the collective unconscious does. It can grip people. What I would look at it as, and he said that, you know, ideologies grip you, not you gripping ideologies. And I think that that's a very important facet. That's really going from psychology into philosophy territory, which is what I talk about. These PhD people that are in Birmingham, where I'm from originally, or London or uh, New York or LA, they're not gripped by a cult that is pulling strings. They're gripped by a cult that is a mental virus in this case, an ideological virus that's gripped them. So they look at this climate nonsense and they, uh, they go, oh, well, this is necessary to save the world. So it doesn't matter how many uh, illegal immigrants that we let in, 30 million from 
south of the border, which costs the American taxpayer $300 billion. That doesn't matter because we're trying to save the world. Uh, it doesn't matter that we, through lockdowns, have put a quarter of a billion people into famine and a billion people into poverty. And a third of America alone is on government money, which is universal basic income. That doesn't matter because we're saving the world. It doesn't matter how much human trafficking happens when borders aren't uh, erected because borders actually stop human trafficking very well. Doesn't matter, we're saving the world. And they can just justify and justify and justify because they have this big, big problem, which is climate change and COVID-19 to a degree, but that will fade and climate change will come back in. So I think it's an ideological cult more than anything, which of course there is a real cult that is responsible for, but that real cult aren't really doing anything. I mean, it's the ideological cult that are doing everything. I mean, Bill Gates has never told me to wear a mask. Bill Gates has never forced me to take a vaccine. Uh, all Bill Gates has done in his typical satanic inversion type of way is constantly suggest people do things. Um, but it is the ideological possession that people have that has driven us to this point and that will continue to drive us further. Yeah, and this is where the cult, the, the ideological cult, to me, reminds me of the Emperor's New Clothes. We taught as a kid, if you keep the Emperor's right. New Clothes on, point out that you can see his northern bollocks because everybody else can. And um, the fact is that this is where with the woke virtue signaling psychosis has played its part. And I think it's the most devastating part of it. This virtue signaling of wanting to seem to do the right thing, even though you don't really understand what it's been. I don't really understand, well, not me, but they don't understand the climate change hoax. Or they didn't even understand anything about it. I had one guy tell me that I was wrong because David Attenborough said it on a TV program. So you do realise he reads voiceovers. He's a, he's a voice. crazy. And this was a clever guy, a good friend of mine. I was like, mm. are you kidding me? He, he's, a, he's doing a voiceover. Um, and also he's very much part of the World Economic Forum. And not that this guy would have known what the World Economic Forum is. But the fact is that this woke psych- psychosis of virtue signalling and you can see Instagram, Facebook and Twitter was created to bring this out of people. Everybody wants to be seen to be a virtuous, decent. And I even think angel, an angel, mm. a God. Do you know, that's the psychosis I think that's crippling the world right now. Yeah, it's a, it, it goes back to what I was saying about there are really only two worldviews. And people call them different religions and these things, but that that's... Right down to those first principles, there are two worldviews, humility to God or you are God, and that's it. And everything else is a manifestation of those two worldviews. Um, you know, so, and of course, you could be like the Pope and say you believe in God, but you still think you're the God, right? So that's why the labels themselves aren't what are appropriate here. It is that the first principles are what are appropriate, because you could say, I believe in Jesus and do nothing Jesus told you to do, which is what most Christians do, by the way. Um, Jesus actually would be more, David Icke is more Christ-like than most Christians that I've ever known, mm. right? Uh, righteousness, honesty, professing love. That's all Jesus told people to do. And yet they're going around going, oh, what he meant to say was, uh, mm. right? So there's a, there's a lot of that going on. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is that when you kind of get down to this fundamental worldviews, this wokeism, this idea of, uh, this kind of idea of like, again, we must control the world. We must save the world. Is it really your responsibility? Is is it really within your power? I mean, you can't even recreate a seed, let alone save the world. You know, that's how little power man, we have infinite power when we connect with the divine, right? God, 
But um, in of ourselves, I mean, we can't even recreate a seed, right? We can't even recreate a tree, let alone change a planet. Um, and in a way, that's kind of a good thing because that kind of shows how powerless the cult are as well. Like ultimately, they can't even do any of the tiny things that creator can do, right? So it's um, in a way they're doomed to fail. But what I'm afraid of is the damage the ideologically possessed will commit along the way, right? you know, to people like us, to their children that I feel most sorry for, you know, injecting their children with poison and indoctrinating them with poison. Um, you know, so that's kind of what we're trying to fight against. But I would say that, yeah, I would agree that they just have a sense of superiority, which is part of the problem. And it, like, it makes them just like in the UK when everyone's clapping on the doorstep, clapping on their doorsteps to the, to the thin air of the god of nhs it was the most mental thing i've ever seen in my life and in 40 years it literally was the most mental thing it was astonishing that that went on that long and i'm refused to do it that was a clear indication of how easily people are pushed over into psychosis to look good and um that was that was mad um but it is as you say it's a it's a cult you're gone no, as um, I was just going to say that 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 kind of idea that you're mentioning this kind of psychosis, it, it's got to the point where they just, again, it's like trying to reason with the addict, um, like with data, like you can't go up to a heroin addict and go, do you know the data shows that 50% of heroin addicts die? Like that's not going to mean anything to them. They want to die, partly, mm. right? I grew up around a lot of addicts and stuff. I have this experience. So um but so when we approach these people like the, the nhs clappers or the even like how they can watch tiktok dancers and then two minutes later say that they're heroes right how is that possible well because you're you're not you're an addict you're an addict to this new way of life you've you've been reconditioned into this new behavior so information isn't going to shift you anymore i think the only thing that could shift people is i mean i hate to say it but another kind of trauma Right. Another kind of another kind of big shape up would be the only thing that could put them back in that sense of uh, malleability that they were in in the beginning. You know, and, and some of us talked about this in the beginning. I uh, back when I was doing those Facebook lives, I said in end of March, early April last year that it only takes 60 days. So I knew by the time May 15th came around, people would be permanently conditioned. So that was over a year ago. People were already permanently conditioned. So I guess we have to figure out like how are we going to shake people up? That's the solution if you want to reach people on mass. I don't personally. I'm not trying to reach people on mass. Um, we can talk about the political strategy, um, and I can kind of highlight what that would look like. What I'm trying to do. Um, but if one was to want to reach people on mass, you have to find a way to shake them up again, get them back into that malleable state of mind where they can rewire that that pathway. How we do that, I. I don't know. I'll leave that to a better person than me. It's fascinating that you're talking about shaking people up. It is like take, shaking them out of a slumber, out of their sleep, yeah. out of their psychosis, out of their sleepwalking. And they are sleepwalking. And, and how, let's go back. I just want to ask you how you're feeling because we've talked about all this stuff. Um, but I haven't asked you about how you're feeling having two kids at the moment and seeing this and trying to communicate to people. My world has pretty much shrunk to me my partner, my little boy, and Gareth and Jamie Ike, basically, but the only people right. I could talk to about this stuff because everybody sure. else is insane, and 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 you don't want to um, upset anyone. I don't want to talk about 
vaccines and COVID and that because they don't know what they're talking about. It's only going to piss me off. I'm only going to piss them off. Half of them have already got it in their system. What? And as you say, what's the point of me speaking to it about it now? Because they're, they're two jabs in. What's the point of me saying four years time, you might find out you're going a bit of a trouble when these lipid nanoparticles start to accumulate in your ovaries and in your, in your bone marrow. I don't want to scare the shit out of them. And I might be wrong, but, how are you coping talking to people and communicating with people that don't understand this stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm doing okay. I, I have a lot to be grateful for. Gratitude is very important. Um, you know, I uh, thank God every day for the blessings that I have. I have a beautiful wife, beautiful children. Uh, I'm relatively healthy apart from that. I smoke like a 1950s soldier. Um, <laughs> And, you know, so I have a, a very blessed life, all things considered, um, and I try to be grateful for that. But I have lost a lot of people over the last year and a half. You know, um, I, I've lost friends that I had since I was four years old, since before I can remember. People I've known my entire life. Nothing that I'd ever done before or said, nothing about the European Union when we were leaving the EU, nothing about immigration, like so many disagreements that... And these are all very like modern leftist type people. But even in those issues that they were still friends, this issue though, this issue was just not enough. Like, uh, and that's because it's partly my fault. And I say this not with uh, disdain. I say this with, um, with, I guess, a sense of proudness, I should say, not pride, which is that I dug my heels in very early, right? So I was like, I am not moving. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, that you can threaten me with that is going to make me move. Nothing, not even my life. I am not moving. So if you think that that needle is going to come anywhere near my family, you better bring some body bags with you to the door, yeah. and it's going to be that straightforward. And I and I made that decision very early on because I knew I know where this is going. People like us know where this is going, and it's not – people haven't seen anything yet. You know, people think that this is – Oh, it's, it's, it's going back to normal. It's getting better. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything. You haven't seen the fallout from the economics. You haven't seen the mass famines around the world. You haven't seen the fallout from the injections, whether it's infertility, whether it's, we have no idea. So give it a few more years and then you'll start to see what has really transpired now. Because those of us can see that, um, we're, we have an obligation, like a moral duty to dig our heels in, right? Because if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? Mm. Like, if this isn't the time to do it, when is? Yeah. What, when they have a gun to your head? Like, you know, and I don't believe it's going to get to that point. By the way, I, I think there's, uh, there is a solution to this, which is what I'm trying to work on. But I think that I've lost a lot of people along the way, uh, a lot of old friends. And I was very, you know, kind of sad about it at first. But then I remembered and have to remind myself what, what I really serve. And I, and I don't serve men, right? So I serve creator, good, everything that is the good, the true, and the beautiful, as Aristotle said, right? That's um, you just kind of have to let go and hope, like in the Alan Watts philosophy style, let go and hope it comes back, right? And the more you let go, the stronger it can come back, perhaps. But I, I understand where people are at. You know, we've all, we've all been sidelined, I think. Yeah, and what I've, I've realised, I mean, there are a lot of friends that I've lost over the last year and a half. I say a lot of friends, but the friends that I have lost, 
I've realized that I'm no longer the same person that I was when I was friends with them and I never wanted to be that person again. If I have to come back to who I was before I learned all this stuff, I don't want to ever be that way. So we can't be friends because we can't because you are still that person and I'm no longer that person and I don't want to be that person and I like this person I'm very proud of what I've learned at the time I've taken to learn this stuff trying to communicate this stuff I'm still learning all the time of course I am and I'm uh, and that's why I like speaking to people like yourself I learn from everybody I'm very very I know what is wrong I know when something's wrong I know when someone's doing someone harm I know when you're forcing an experimental vaccine on children is wrong. And I will not allow that. As you say, I drew my line for the day you drew your line. No chance. Absolutely no chance. And I'm getting goosebumps here because there is no fucking chance. And I value the quality of my life, not the length of my life. And the quality of my life and the world I want to live in is not this one. The one where it's heading. It's not worth it. I don't want to live in. That's hell on earth. That's not yeah. life. And I don't think people are understanding this. Look at the quality of your life. You have to get an experimental vaccine to go on holiday. You might have to get to wear a mask to go in a shop. You're having to get an experimental vaccine to keep your job here if you're a care worker in the UK. This is, the, as you say, the start of it. Your kids are having to wear masks at school. Is this the quality of life that you want to live for, in? You want to be 80 and still live through this shit. So that's what I'm trying to tell people. Look at the quality of your life, not the quantity mm-hmm. and the length of your life because you are giving more and more away and the quality of your life is going to be dog shit within 10 years. And that's what people don't understand no. is that they're looking at the length. I don't want to die. Why do you not want to die if you've got to live in hell? Does it make any sense? Does it make any sense? Do you want to live in China or do you want to try and take, I, I don't understand why people are so scared of death. And I think when it comes back, the one thing you were saying in your talk, and I wanted to read it back is, Faith, huge for you. Faith is huge mm-hmm. for me. They, they make, they're probably different versions of it. Um, but nonetheless, it's faith in believing I know what's right and what's wrong. I just want you to yeah. talk about faith for yourself and what that means. Yeah, I think uh, faith is uh, trusting, right? Trusting in God, trusting in the uh, universal way of things, right? You know, um, it's interesting, not to digress too much, but it's it's relevant, Uh before the term Christianity existed in the early days, uh, you had many different tribes of Christians. Gnostics were a tribe of Christians. Most people don't know that. Um, Ebionites, there are many of them. What all of these tribes are called is people of the path, people of the way, because uh, Jesus was the leader of the path, the leader of the way. It didn't become what we know as Christianity today until 350, Council of Nicaea, 400, Constantine, Rome and stuff. That wasn't the tribes of Christianity that existed for the first three centuries when they were oppressed by the Romans and the Jews. So what we uh, saw in those days was what were called the people of the path, people of the way. And of course, in Taoism, you see that Lao Tzu explains this too a lot. Uh, Lao Tzu calls the Tao is the way. So what I'm really interested in is the way, the path. Um, the, my faith is in that God has created the laws, the structure of the universe in such a way that if you maintain your moral compass, you will always be on the path. Um, you know, and in the book of Matthew, Jesus says narrow gate is the way and wide is the path that leads to destruction. Why that's important is because he's saying if you stick to the moral path, it will be narrow, it will be hard, but you will be fine. You will be looked after. But if you take the wide path, everyone takes the wide path and wide path is that of destruction. It's very important because 
what more encapsulates that than where we are right now, right? So there are those people like you and me who take the narrow gate that Christ was talking about. And then there are most people that take the wide path to destruction. So they, what they don't understand is that ultimately they're actually going to destruction, not to safety. Yeah. I believe, and the reason that I have faith is because I know that we're actually taking the path that is ultimately the secure path. You know, so this is the, uh, again, the inversion, the satanic inversion of everything, where you're convinced that the wide path is the safety one, when no, that's the one that leads to destruction. We are taking the safe path, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. And I have faith that these greater men than I, who have lived throughout history, uh, have figured it out better than I can. I'm just kind of putting pieces together and trying to show people a coherent picture. What I'm trying to do is go like, okay, Plato, Aristotle, Lao Tzu, uh, Jesus, of course, all these guys have said this. And what I'm trying to do is bring that together so I can say, here's what we need to do at the most fundamental level. That's kind of my job, I guess. But these greater people have all survived far worse things than, than we have, right? I mean, uh, I have a book over there, The Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, where he spent many years in a concentration camp in the Soviet Union. And he found that in that process, he said in the book, I found that on the sh prison straw as I was rotting away, I found the true purpose of life, which is the maturity of the human soul. He found peace in a concentration camp in the Soviet Union, in a country where they murdered 65 million people. We can find peace anywhere if we choose to find it. And for me, faith is about setting my intention on that, that no matter what, if I die today and I'm trying to do the right thing, and I'm trying to uh, be in union with God, um, that's much better than living 10 years, as you said, by doing the opposite, right? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bring that into my reality. From a Christian mystic perspective, many of the mystic Christians who you never really hear about in the mainstream, they believe that you bring heaven and hell into your reality and you go there. So like you don't, uh, God doesn't send anyone to hell. You send yourself there by what you bring into yourself in this world. Right. So we also have to be cautious of that. Like, what are you attracting? You know, death isn't the end, but you have to be absolutely sure you're not attracting hell here because that could be what you're attracting forever. Right. So there are, I think it's just to focus on the basics. Don't lie. Tell the truth right? Uh, whatever the cost. Um, and, you know, love creator, love everyone else. And um, I think from there, we can, we can make a lot of leaps and bounds, you know, and the political stuff that I'm working on is more like a contingency. The philosophy stuff is the core of what I'm trying to do. But the politics is more like chopping the fat off. You know, it's like, uh, how are we going to ensure we keep these people at arm's length. And in the American context, it's very possible to free up much of the country in the middle uh, from these political initiatives, um, in which case by 2030, for example, if not before, we would have everything from Idaho down to Kansas up to North Dakota. So it's like an inverted triangle in the middle of America. All of that would undo all of the UN initiatives. So by 2030, there'd be this essentially middle country, this new type of America, I guess, which would uh, be free of Agenda 21 and a new world order. From that perspective, anything's possible. We could have refugees from all over the world, freedom refugees. I mean, the sky's the limit if we just choose to seize it, right? And I think that that's the point. I'm not resting on our laurels. I expect these things to change because I'm going to work on them and to change them. 
And if we all do that, there's so much opportunity. Hey, let's just carve out a new country and bring everyone from Europe who wants to be here, wants to be free. And we'll let the coastal states go into technocracy with the rest of the world. I mean, why not? More difficult things have happened in history. I think that's where um, that's where the brave new world comes in, isn't it? That's where the the two different distinct ways of living or places of living on the planet are going to be. You're going to have people that go into the technocracy willingly and born into the technocracy, which is the most heartbreaking thing. And maybe we have been born into it and we don't even know what's going on above us. Um, but they're going to be born into the technocracy. I want my lineage, my family, my future, my family to be born at least into the world you just described, to have a chance to know that there is an option to not to be born into that because that's why I worry about kids being born into that world. Kids that are 19, 20 now always had the internet. Me and you didn't. Mm-hmm. One even that long ago. Right. wasn't long ago. People have been born into the digital age and we're the last generation to remember what it was the world was like before we were online. Fucking mm-hmm. that. That's no time at all. That's mad. I'm only 40. That's mad. Mm-hmm. But kids who are younger than 20, 21 now, born into the internet. That's what's going to be like when they're born into this brave new world scenario and what you're kind of describing. So before we go, I'd like to sort of just get back to America at 21. So what is your hopes for the future of what you're doing there, your plans for the next couple of years and your hopes to hopes for your your um, work there? Well, you guys can uh, go to the presentation to watch the detail. But if I could sum it up, let me just show you my wall. So, I, you know, everyone has seen the meme, the conspiracy meme. I actually have one of those conspiracy walls, like right there. So, like, that was amazing. And everything. You do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually have one, a real one. Yeah. So this is, the, this is the Agenda 21 wall, everything, every map, every organization. Uh, so we have the law, we have the organizations, we have each organization from United Nations all the way down to the local area, everything mapped out. So if we look at this map, if you guys can see... This one, can you see it? Uh, yeah. This one. This is the uh, climate change local organizations that are essentially turning these into smart cities, into technocracy. There's a big, big part of middle America here, which has basically got none of this stuff in, right? And then this is America 2050. So this is one that they want to make, of course, these mega regions of the future. What I'm trying to do is essentially keep this middle part free politically. So what we're going to be trying to do is that most of middle America, so there's like 10 states, let's say, that very don't really have any of this New World-led Agenda 21 legislation in. So in Montana, where I did the Republican Party convention, there's only one state, uh, only one city in the whole of the state. And Montana is like twice the size of Britain. So what I'm trying to do is go, okay, Rather than just allowing these people to steamroll us, let's bring in political legislation that prevents any climate change initiatives from being implemented in these states. Because what people don't understand about Agenda 21 and the New World Order is it is very, very much a real tangible thing. It isn't just in the World Economic Forum or in the United Nations. It's in your local town, right? So the legislation and I have it right here, these organizations work in city level. The New World Order is not um, spearheaded in New York or London. It might be ideologically, but not politically. It, it's spearheaded in your town, right where you live right now. 
So if we were to prevent, say, several states in the middle of the country from ever being able to have this legislation implemented, they can't be swallowed up into this legislation, which means that we would be politically free from technocracy, which is what this is all founded on. You can read the, the declaration letter on my website, which goes into detail and explains this structure. And of course, you can watch the presentation. But needless to say, we actually have a really good shot. For example, many of these states don't have any legislation at all. So over the next nine years, they're going to be working on trying to finish the job. So we can kind of inhibit that. And if we save even, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 states, that's like half the size of Europe. That's an insane amount of land and country. And then from there, the options are, are endless. You know, we have perhaps we have a divided country or perhaps we just have like a apartheid country. Maybe we have refugees from the rest of the Western world who want to live in freedom because these states in America, like where I live now, I mean, it's it's been normal for like a year. There aren't any restrictions here. You know, it's like uh, no masks, no vaccines in schools. It's it's quite a unique part of the world, this like middle part of America. Canada is very much like New York and Australia and Seattle. There's a lot of America like that, but where we live, it's normal. We don't have those problems here, those restrictions here. So I have a lot of hope for rescuing this middle part of the country politically, blocking legislation off, which wouldn't be too difficult to do because we already have second amendment uh, legislation like this in America currently which is essentially that the federal government can't bring in to half the country any type of gun bans because the counties and the states are banned in. So it is possible. We would just be introducing the same type of legislation that the Second Amendment legislation already does, which is essentially no climate, no sustainable development allowed. Once we do that, it's all over because this is all built on sustainable development. Uh, the technocracy, which is a smart city, the smart city is all in sustainable development. So if we block anything sustainable development, we block technocracy, we block the new world order. And this is the issue, isn't it? Is that like they're, they're using the hopes of climate change to suggest a solution, a sustainable development, and then bringing all this nonsense in. And as you're saying, the psychosis goes in the mind of I'm saving the world, I'm doing my part. And actually, you're doing the reverse of that part right you're actually bringing down the walls on your own head and that's probably the easiest way to to, to explain it is that that's how the inversion happens where can people find your website mark and get in touch with you uh you can find it at america21century.com um you can obviously find me at mark malone on facebook on youtube i think that's it who knows how long i'll be on those um but uh yeah america21century.com It'd be best to find me. You can see the political presentation I did to the politicians, which is all this kind of stuff, um, as well as read the Declaration Letter to America, which explains you know a lot of this in detail. And I have a lot of great citations on there as well. So if you want to sort of uh, use it as a rebuttal to other people, because I've got very credible scientific uh, citations about how climate change is nonsense on there. So you can utilize that you know in in argument if you need to. Excellent, mate. Well, thank you for your time. Lovely to chat to you as always. And uh, one other thing I like about your stuff, and I said it before we started recording, is that you're so well-spoken and articulate with this stuff. And and, and this, go and look at, um, watch his talk as well, watch Mark's talk, because it's, it maps it out very well in a very concise way as well, which is um, around about 30 minutes long, I think, but the video in total was not too long. And um, it points mm -hmm. it out. And in front of the right people as well. You've done great work, Mark. Really love to meet you in person sometime. And 
um love to the kids and the new little baby and um yeah pleasure to be in the trenches with people like yourself so guys go and check out Likewise. my website i'll put all the links below and we'll speak to you soon take care bye bye cheers rich i'm unapologetically fly no wonder why that's just my attitude yeah okay hey, that's just my uh, 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 come on yeah yeah uh.